and welcome to your Brucey bonus episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. We are previewing all things the Curra second day of Irish Champions Weekend. And given that it's got four group ones to go at and loads of other competitive action, we thought it was worthwhile to put in an additional show this week. So that is where our focus will be. I am joined, as always, by Dan Barber, Kevin Blake and Daryl Carter. Before we do go any further, don't forget the new sportsbook offer, a fresh sportsbook offer this weekend, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, a completely free bet on racing multiples. But you must opt in. You must read the T's and C's and you must do it responsibly. For anyone who is listening to yesterday's show, I've had a lot of questions about my mother. She is absolutely fine. She just fainted. She's fine. She's alive and well. She drank a bottle of champagne. She's all good. How are you, Daryl Carter? Are you all good too? Yeah, I'm all good, all good. Looking forward to getting out to Haydock tomorrow. It's going to be my first visit going out there with a Betfair team, so really excited for that. Uh, and looking forward to this weekend. What, what a weekend of racing. You couldn't, have, you couldn't have planned it any better, could you? Absolutely not. The gods have all come together and we've got a belter of a weekend of racing. Of course, you're going up to Haydock for the Betfair Sprint Cup. That's going to be a cracker. We're focusing in on Sunday. But Kev, come on, let's just get out of the way now because I just can't be asked to wait until halfway through the show. Take it away. All things RL. What do you want to add? All things what? Racing, racing League. League. Come oh, on. Yeah, Had a winner, briefly hit the front. Lost the lead again at the last. Going to give it a rattle next Sunday at Suttle. It's next Sunday, next Wednesday at Suttle, Vanessa. I'm sure you'll be there in, in person, re- wearing green and white and orange and everything else. Come on, Ireland. Well, you know, I mean, he's played that down there, team, because off camera he's all abuzz with racing league, but he does look a bit hungover and he is just off the plane, so we'll give him a pass there. And you're right, Kevin Blake. Luckily for you and the whole of the racing league operation, I have been roped in to be on the broadcasting team on the final day because big guns are required, as they are this weekend at the Curra. So let's kick straight on because we've got loads to get through. As I said, those group ones is where our focus is going to be here. And we start off with the flying five at the Curra. It's the 255 over the five furlongs and we get to see Highfield Princess in here looking to repeat her victory in this race last year. She's 11 to 8 top of the market, taking on Brad Sell, the Royal Ascot Group 1 winner at 5 to 2 with the sportsbook currently. Art Power in there had so much success over in Ireland, 9 to 2. Those are just the top three in the market. Daryl, we're going to come to you first on these Group 1s. Take it away, please. I'm praying for Highfield Princess, but that's very much heart overhead. And the listeners and viewers of this pod don't want any of that nonsense. So what actually wins it? Yeah, I think she'll probably win it. I think she's oh. uh, been I think she's been unfortunate really this season not, not to get to more than one victory on the board. She was as emphatic really in this race last year. Uh she's done absolutely nothing wrong. She continues to perform at a high level. Just living the dream, just didn't come back to her at York. And uh but she did best of the rest there. And uh I, I do like her. She, she's a talented filly, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, I, I hope for the storyline because she's been nothing but a credit to her connections. And uh, I do hope that she can she can get the better of a couple of these. Obviously, Art Power is going to be very interesting for people. Great record at the track. But I just, I looked into all the sort of the average rating of the field each time he's run there. And it's kind of like group two, group three level. Now he has been very visually impressive. The times have been pretty good. Um, I just wonder how he's going to, react now he's got Highfield Princess and Brad Sell upside him and uh I'm hoping that the filly can get can get on top. I do think she I've, I've I come to the opinion that she is a better horse than Brad Sell. 
uh, now, and uh, I'm hoping she can get the job done. I can't wait to hear a bit more about Boutamont from Kev. Oh. I, I haven't heard enough about this horse in the last two weeks. <laughs> I was going to deliberately just not mention him in any of the hype beforehand and throw to Kevin, just pretending that he wasn't there. Because Kevin Blake on this show, for listeners and viewers out there, you know, he's a, he's a busy man. And so sometimes he's like, just come to me last year. You know, just come to me last year. I'll fill in the gaps. But no one, Kevin Blake, will have looked at this race in more detail, surely, than you, with this French connection with Boutamont, who's in here currently with Betfair at 10. So you can tell us if that's a fair price for his chance. And surely, as I say, you know this race like the back of your hand right now, don't you? Yeah, I like the horse so much I bought him. <laughs> you can't go, you can't go around there. Um, yeah, looking forward to it now. Um, really, yeah, obviously, yeah, going to be a massive day. Um, and look very happy with the way the weather is panning out. Um, it's going to be quick ground, almost certainly. Chance of a little bit of a shower knocking about. Um, but it's absolutely baking in Ireland at the minute. Um, they're watering, but it's going to be somewhere between good and good to firm, depending on how, because the threat of showers might make them a little bit reluctant to put too much water down. So we'll wait and see, but I think it's gonna it'd be a shock if it wasn't good ground, um, which is what this horse wants. This that's the story of this horse's life, really. He's had very few chances um in his preferred conditions. He wants fast ground, and we only really discovered this year that five furlongs is his trip. Um he was fooling everyone all his life. He reminds me of a horse I used to know very well called Medician Man, who was like temperamentally like it like extremely laid back and like quite relaxed in his races. Like he, he always looked a bit behind the bridle and you'd never think he wanted to go five furlongs. And eventually, by accident, um, we found out he wanted to go five furlongs and he nearly won a king stand. And um, and this is this fella is just so similar. Um, and when he dropped the five and got um, what time form called good to firm ground at Shanti back in June, like he put up a huge performance. Like people can look at the form and pick at it. But when you really dig into it, um, particularly the time, like it, it was a really high level performance um, and it wasn't given full credit at the time. And it, yeah, it 56 seconds. Is. I don't even have to know the track to know that's rapid. <laughs> 56 yeah, seconds. Yeah, 56.18, like which is faster than than like Highfield Princess, Bradsell, um, Art Power. Like they've never come all that close to that time in their lives. You know, everyone was wahooing about York and the Nuntorp and how fast the race that was. I think that was 56.886 or something like that. Um, You know, so th this horse is, is fast and he's going to get his ground. He's coming here fresh. He's been trained for this race. This race is his big day. Um, And look, I, look, I think he's got a right chance. I do. Um, I really do. Um, I don't know, like... <laughs> The, the the big two are dominating this market. You know, I think I think the market is is trying to ignore the fact that they got beat by an unconsidered outsider at non, the Nuntorp two weeks ago on rattling fast ground. You know, hard mm. races, high pressure race. Um, you know, I I think this I think this race is there, and um, okay. I I, th I think we've got one that can give them all a, a real good rattle. And um, Dylan Brown McMonagall takes the ride. Um, everything's gone super smooth. Um, Jan Barbaro, trainer, is in fashion form. Had a Group One winner the last weekend, and he is absolutely purring about the horse. So, yeah, let's see how we go. They they, they might know who he is after um after Sunday with a bit of luck. Danny could sell. No, it's not sand, is it? No, he could sell ice to an Eskimo, couldn't he? What a yeah. convincing. 
What a, what a convincing pitch he's just put forward for well, a 10 to 1 chance in a race like the Flying Five. But as he said, he loves this horse so much he's gone and bought it, or he believes in this horse so much he's gone and bought it. So are you with him or against him with a horse like Bertemont at a bigger price and get away from the top few in the market? Bertemont, Vanessa. Get it right, Vanessa. Bertemont. Bertemont. I sincerely hope Look. he wins. Sincerely, it, sincerely hope he wins. Kev, his name is going to be crucified way worse than that over the coming 48 hours. So just get used to it, will you? Kev's disgusted into freezing. Look at him. <laughs> He's Go so on, um, Now, yeah, I, I was privy to the info a bit ago. As old Kev sent me a message asking about the time for rating the horse and stuff. And being a, such a loyal friend, I obviously kept it completely quiet. This was a foot. So I'm really excited for him and I'm sure maybe a mix of nerves and excitement now i don't think it's a great betting race really because we know so much about highland princess and bradsell now don't we to some extent they've had three meetings together a push i'd take the five to two bradsell in a race of fine margins but my main view is i don't fancy art power because it's all well oh well and good dominating we know this it's sort of not underclass, but a second tier but bunch of Irish sprinters. Unless mm. unless Aiden has a very good one. And it seems a while since that happened, because it's more trips. Um they are inferior to some of the UK um entrants. And I think Art Power's dominated because of the weakness of the opposition, but we know from these shows that he's not as good as the other two. So a tentative vote for Brad Sale, but um yeah, I'm hoping Kev has a right one. I think right. I, I think our our power's a shocking price, isn't he? That's like what I was he thinking, like yeah. I, like I think he's beaten like three English horses in those Irish races, and he's a six furlong horse, and he likes knees in the ground. Like like oh, to me, uh, like five five furlongs fast ground. I, I'm I drawn ten right on the outside. Mm. A ten will be fine. You, you'd rather be high than low. Oh, is he rail? Um, it'll be rail. Yeah, 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 yeah. The stalls are in the middle, but they'll come. They'll come stand side. So you, you'd rather be high than low. But it shouldn't make oh. a difference with ten. It shouldn't be a big thing. Art Power currently nine to two. The boys suggesting that that uh, is a filthy price by all accounts. Let's move on, Daryl, to the Moyglare Stud Stakes for the Phillies, the Group One over the seven furlongs, and Lang Lang just dominating this market. So much faith behind her and what she's done so far at the Curra, of course, on debut, but then more recently at Leperstown as well. Both times. Uh, well, the recent run was soft in the going description, very different now and up into Group 1 class. But what is the standard of, of opposition behind her, Daryl? It just feels like this is a weak enough Group 1 at this level for these sort of horses. Yeah, I, I would concur with that. Um, I, I, the race in its own right, I think, is more competitive than the market suggests. Because right. first, first Matilio was given so much to do behind Ylang Ylang at Leopardstown on soft ground. But just continue to make inroads on her, like right to the line. And uh, I, I, I really, really like that performance. She's gone out next time, obviously, and absolutely dotted up here at the Curra. So, you know, I think I think they should be closer than the market suggests um, at the moment. She's currently she's currently nine to two. Ylang Ylang is currently 10 to 11. Yeah, like that. That's definitely Aiden O'Brien effect, isn't it? I mean, it always yeah. is. We always see that sort of thing. But I don't think Vespertilio uh, has got too much to find, to be honest. And uh, I think this is deep, deeper than she's contested the last twice. So she will have to improve. I thought mm. she's a, she's a lovely mover. She, like a lot of Aidens are that go that go into Group One level. A lovely mover, but I wouldn't be taking that price about her. The, the only sort of concern I suppose you have if you if you want to back Vespertilio is the fact that you are going to give Yelang Yelang that first run because she is a prominent racer. Whereas 
the selection will be held up at the rear of the field, hoping for a bit of a pace collapse. Um, look, the time of her win at the Curragh wasn't electric. The time of her win at Leopardstown was okay. But, like, she's an Aidan O'Brien horse running in the Group 1 under Ryan Moore. She's always going to be favourite. I do think there's a little bit of juice in the price of first Patilio. So I would I would have her to reverse the form. Uh, Dan, would you concur that the market is, has too much of a gap from the favourite down to the likes of Vespertilio and others in here, like Porter Fortuna, of course, we saw what she could do at Royal Ascot? Yeah, I sort of feel like she's hiding in plain sight, Porter Fortuna. I mean, we know Aidan's got the, the strongest two-year-old farm lines around and City of Troy represents one of those in the next, but mm. that unquestionable... Porta Fortuna, um, Bucanero Fuerte line is probably only, there might be one or two two-year-old farm lines better than it, that's all. And I um, I thought she was the value. Mentioned Balaclavas yesterday for potential each-way thievery. If not, if eight or nine go to post and you've got three plays on offer, I mean, she's not run a bad race yet. She's hit, she's hit the ground running three from three to start, another fine mm. effort in defeat in the Phoenix when she was a seven to two chance to beat two more established horses, one of whom had won at Royal Ascot. So I just, I thought that was my reading of it, that six to one was too big for the filly that I think you can argue is the form filly in the race. Yeah, fascinating. She is, as, as Dan said, six to one currently with the sports book. Um, what about you, Kev? Are you, are you all aboard the favourite here or are you looking elsewhere, as the boys have said, sort of adding a bit more meat to the bones of this race than it looks on first viewing? Yeah, I think she's short enough. Um, I, I could see her drifting. I think she's got two really nice fillies against her, like Porta Fortuna. Like I've just been kind of on an ongoing basis, like really impressed and surprised that she's been able to do so much over shorter trips. Um, because like she like she's by Caravaggio, like who was a sprinter, but like as a sire, like they stay much better than they should. And um, I remember um her dam very well. Joseph trained her, and she stayed two miles. Um, like so, like she's very much bred to 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 go up and trip and do better up and trip. So for her to be doing so well over six, um, I, I think has been really impressive. And Vespertilio would would be the selection because I've been very impressed with her too. Um, as Daryl says, like you can't really read the form too literally of her second to Ylang Ylang because she was just wasn't ridden with much enterprise that day and um, she went into it as a maiden um I'm sure they would have been delighted to, to to get group three black type in the book and they wrote her accordingly and she she performed really really well and uh, under a more enterprising ride last time albeit like I think she is one you ride with patience but she she didn't have travel into the race last time it was a bit messy down towards the inside but um she was really good and I'd say they'll be they'll be looking forward to the rematch now. And um, uh, for me, there's there's too much gap between them in the market. And uh, Vespertilio would be the one for me. The time of that Vespertilio race at the Curra was only a fraction slower than Henry Longfellow, like a mm. fraction. So we will get really to good... now. Yeah. yeah, it was a really good performance. Let's move on then, Daryl, and we'll stick with you then for the national stakes because, of course, the aforementioned Henry Longfellow is in here, uh, currently a five to two shot behind the top two in the market, which are, of course, City of Troy, the superlative stakes winner, who just impressed so many people at Newmarket. And how could you not be impressed by that performance? But he's taking on Buccaneiro Forte, second best in the market. City of Troy is currently 10 to 11. Buccaneiro Forte in there at 100 to 30. And 
this, I'm so intrigued by this, Daryl, because I just think that Buccaneero Fuerte, having won the Phoenix Stakes, is he a horse that we're just not giving the credit to because, you know, he's not doing it in the really flashy Aidan O'Brien style? Or is City of Troy going to prove to be a completely different level of a two-year-old? I'm hoping it's the latter. I'm hoping City of Troy is going to be a, a completely different level. Buccaneero Fuerte, I, I, I put him up for the Phoenix Stakes last time. Uh, on, on the basis of that, I, I felt the race was lacking sort of a standout star really and I thought he was too big of a price in comparison to unquestionable went off favourite there um, mm. but for me City of Troy really impressed me in the superlative state the, the way he there was a great camera angle of him that just turned to the side in the mid in the early to mid part of the race and his stride length was just it was effortless for him the way he was striding through yeah. it's really quite impressive and the turn of gear he showed I thought he was still a bit babyish at the finish a bit green um, but he really picked up and for me, a lot of people are going to be comparing him and Henry Longfellow, and I just feel that he's a better mover for for a, for a quick surface that he's going to get on Sunday. I just feel like he's got such a better action for it. I can see Henry Longfellow perhaps perhaps uh, appreciating a bit of juice in the ground, but I don't think Henry Longfellow is going to be able to match the speed of a city of Troy, and he's the one that really excites me out of this entire field for the remainder of the season. So, yeah, City of Troy, he's, he's an odds-on shot. Am I going to go and, and, and have a, a good whack on him? Probably not. I'd probably just enjoy the race for what it is. But mm. I'd be surprised if if City of Troy is not winning this, to be honest. Dan, are your excitement levels at the same sort of pitch as Daryl's are for City of Troy, what he could do this day, but what he might be for the future as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is going to tell us so much, isn't it? Because I just said ahead of the pre- preceding race, all the aces in the two-year-old division, it's not a rarity, but it's it's definitely a, a change from last year, maybe by a little big bear, mm. does lie in Ireland and specifically with Aidan. And I say that with the greatest respect to Buccaneo Fuerte, who's de- been defeated only once in his life and upheld form from... Uh, with with unquestionable from their previous meeting. So this will tell us an awful lot. You've got the first and third and fourth in the betting for the Guineas for next year. So it's not just short-term ramifications to what happens on the day. It's the likely knock-on effect for the classic markets next season. I won't be betting the race, but I mean, the others have looked good, but he's looked sort of a tier potentially above that, hasn't he? Because what yeah. he did, what he did at HQ was was sort of freakish territory, wasn't it? Just to open up like that and obliterate them as he did. And if he's off his game slightly, you've got particularly Buccaneer Fuerte, he's already shown that he's just the type of horse to take advantage if something mm. doesn't fire. But he just had that real sort of star potential the way he won at Newmarket. And I find it very difficult to oppose him, odds on or not, based on what he did there. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? And and Kevin, last word to you on City of Troy and the others. Are you kind of with the boys in terms of you're happy just to sit back and watch this and hope and think that we might have something special on our hands with the favourite or have you found a different way to play this? Uh, no, I don't think so. Look, one thing I'd say is it wouldn't be a surprise if Henry Longfellow was a non-runner. Um, right, I, I, just, I, I just would put that out there. Um, that, that wouldn't be an unprecedented situation. Um and look, Buccaneer Fuerte, look, it's interesting that they're going up and trip. Um, like, look, he's a, he's a full brother to um, Wooded, who won an Abbey and sort of did the opposite in his career. He started off a bit longer and ended up, be, you know, doing his best over five. And they're looking to send this fellow up from five to six to seven. And, and I, I, like, I just don't know if he is crying out for it myself. But look, it's an interesting move. They'll find out now. But um, they're just going to, unfortunately, bump into like 
what could be an exceptional horse in the city of Troy. And um, just just as Daryl mentions, like the way he moves, like he hasn't got his ground yet as such. Like, and it'll probably be you know lovely quick ground on Sunday, and you'd, you'd imagine he'll absolutely relish that. And um, yeah, just just looking forward to seeing what he can do now because that was um that was a rare old sight the other day well not the other day but in his last run mm. like he he was he was picking up well for hands and heels to go and win the race well and like Ryan gave him one mm. and like the <laughs> the afterburners <laughs> and it's, it's like you, you know I, I haven't driven too many uh, supercars myself Vanessa but I can only imagine it's a little bit like that when yeah. you but when, when you when you tap the pedal and <laughs> this, this roar comes from behind you know you, what moves. it reminded me of oh, Ken. Jesus. It, it was like when you used to play G1 jockey and you dust off lock of Gibraltar Remember that machine? <laughs> he was unbeatable. Give, give it one tap. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, well, look, it, if we're all just sort of looking at City of Troy and thinking we're going to sit back and enjoy that performance in that group one, not a bit of it, I hope, in the Irish St. Ledger, because last group one we're looking at over the mile six, of course. Uh, this is an absolute belter and so many fascinating strands really in and around the top three in the market specifically. And they are topped at the moment by Kiprios, Aidan O'Brien, star stayer from last year when the Ascot Gold Cup went unbeaten last season, but not been seen since missing in action due to what sounds like a pretty serious injury. This is his return run and he's five to four, top of the market. Ryan Moore siding with him. Next after that, we've got Eldar Elderoff, the St. Ledger winner from last season for the Roger Berry in the yard. Co-second favourites with Emily Dickinson, obviously from Aidens as well. 11 to 4, those two horses. And really, the market has it about those three up at the top of the market, Daryl. I just find this so interesting because I feel like some warning shots were sent a, a week or so ago when they had the press day in regards to Kiprios when you sort of pick up the quotes and read a little bit between the lines. Didn't didn't 100% think that we'd see him here, yet he is here. But he's taking on horses who bring in that Goodwood form, but like it's not top, top notch staying form, is it? So how ready does Kiprios have to be to win this and get the better of this field? I think he has to be fairly ready, fairly there. Yeah, I, I, I do. Okay. But, but like for me, he he's so far clear of these, like so far clear of these that it is, it is kind of how you've described that. Like the others are pretty solid. They'll probably pick the piece mm. up if he doesn't perform, but I don't, I don't tend to want to back a horse that's going to pick the piece up if something doesn't perform. And well, obviously you've obviously read the same things I read about, you know, he's going to come on for the run, et cetera, et cetera. He'll need it desperately and whatnot. I, I, I still, I still kind of just want to ignore that noise really. And just sort of look at the form book. And uh, he's won fresh before he's so far clear. He's like, like Yashin had Emily Dickinson and Eldar Elder off in behind, uh, last uh, back it was it back in May or last year back in May, um like and he's a twelve to one shot and the other two are ten to three shots like I can't, I just I just struggle I struggle with trying to find anything to take him on so it's probably a race I, I mean I don't like saying this probably a race that I'll end up leaving alone but okay. I do think Kiprios is the is obviously it's his to lose it, it would be my opinion of it. Yeah. Don't worry, Daryl. You're allowed to leave these races alone. We won't. We won't have you back on the show. But you know, you're allowed to. It's totally up to you. Um, Dan, have you found a way in to play this? Um, not really. No. Sorry about All right, that. You, like, you can get sacked off as well. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm more, it's more so than knowing that the market will be so revealing. We've got fair. Well, not fledgling because it's been an anti-post market place. But I think Kiprios's price has half been fluctuating. Uh, 
listening to another pod. They do exist. Sorry about that. Which was um, <laughs> suggesting <laughs> do that. Do they? Um, definitely get the sack now. It was under the banner. It was under the same banner. Don't worry. Um, okay. And there was suggestion that I don't know, maybe rumours that he he wasn't going to be quite straight as Daryl's half mentioned there. So uh, he's obviously tightened up. But you, I think the most revealing market moves, as they so often are, but in in, in some cases more than others, will be what happens 10, 20 minutes before the off because. Mm. The lads in inverted commas, if they know they've got him right, they know that they've got a certainty on the hands because the others, including a stable mate who makes up uh, the joint second favouritism, uh, aren't in the same league as an Anson mm. Kiprios. Yeah, and, and so following on from what, basically what Daryl and Dan have said, Kev, in terms of like sort of Kiprios's readiness for this, and I question it's like, can he win this sort of race against race fit? decent rivals if he's not 100% fit and you'll know more about that than me but you know with staying races do you have to be kind of upwards of 90% ready at any level to win a staying race rather than that sort of still got work to do you know I hate these percentage things Vanessa you need to be 99.99999% ready to win any feckin' race Jesus (laughs) oh he was only 70% fit if he was only 70% fit he would have been beaten by four furlongs I hate this rubbish (laughs) Um, anyway look I I couldn't go with him I don't think Um, I've seen it enough over the years with Aiden Stairs um, you know more so on seasonal return but this is comparable because he, he has clearly had some fair issues um, uh, God, we've seen some very good stairs of Aidens get beaten first run back. Um, you know, you, you know, at very, very short odds and far less testing mm-hmm. circumstances than this. So love the horse. Like God, uh, you, you, you might recall, like I was with him there the every day last year. Like I love the horse. I think he's an absolute. He is the best mm-hmm. stayer around, and hopefully he'll he'll get back to there. Um, but I think you'll see more of what he is now on his next start. Um, I don't know if they're going thinking about the Cadran or what they're thinking about, but. Um, I'd say this will be considered a stepping stone, which is a mad thing to say about an Irish ledger, but it's just the way it's worked out timing wise. And yeah. I would be terrified about taking the odds. Um, and El- like it, it, I thought it was a real shite of a race now because like the best alternative in form is clearly Eldar Eldaroff, but like what's the crack with him? Like mm-hmm. he, he he's he's rated 117, like he's done it maybe once this year, he hasn't done it the last twice. You know, could you trust him to do his thing? I don't know if you if you if you had reason to believe that he'll turn up in form here, he's the bet. But I just don't trust him implicitly either. So it makes it a very funny race, and like something mad could happen. Like Dawn Rising or Yashin could go and win it. You know, it's one of those. It just it's a race that we could we could, they could hit the line, and we all just look at each other and go, "What in the name of God was that?" It could be one of those. <laughs> it could be one of those races. Um. So yeah, I I'd be I'd be running away um with my hands waving in the air from this race from from a betting point of view. I think Vanessa. Right. Well, we've had some flaky old opinions on this show, haven't we? Considering this is a tipping <laughs> show, flaky old opinions. This is because it's a Brucey bonus episode. So what's happened here is everyone's not off a yard. But anyway, I'm going to give them an <laughs> Just, opportunity. Uh, everybody back Bootmont and leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, I knew he was coming <laughs> up there. <laughs> was, yeah. Um, but I'm going to give you all an opportunity Billy to redeem Bootamont. yourself. Is that it, Kevin? Oh, is that the tagline? Oh, well played. 
Excellent, uh, excellent. How long have you kept that stashed up your sleeve? They just, honestly, they just come up. I don't know what happens. Well, something happens. It's, uh... it's just a switch. Um, I'm going to give you all a chance to redeem yourself by going to sort of any other business, please, Daryl. Anything else on the card? Obviously, we've only looked at the group ones, but loads of competitive action, specifically the first two races at the Curra. Um, did you have anything else for our viewers and listeners that you're keen on on, Sat on Sunday at the Curra, Daryl? Yeah, got two. 150. Great. The obviously the sprint handicap, premier handicap there. You know what I'm gonna say. Al Bashir, this is this is the time for him to not share the spoils and uh and go and uh, have his day in the sun, I think. It was a cracking run at York last time, stopped in his run. I thought he'd won. I still think he he, he won that. I'm not having that as a dead heat. I'm not I'm just not having it. <laughs> the ruler on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not having it. I, yeah, I think that he, I thought he performed well here. A couple of starts back over six and a half on soft ground. That didn't suit. He's a horse that wants top of the ground. He's very unexposed. Obviously, he's had his issues, but he's uh he's making up for lost time now. I think he's got the potential to go and run in group three listed company. So um, um, he's up three pound here. That ain't going to make any sort of difference. I'm just hoping he can get the brakes at the right time from a high draw and still twenty. And uh, Holly's back in the saddle. Yeah, I think he's got a massive chance. And then in the two twenty five, I love this horse, Araminta for Henry Candy. I love this horse. Like she is progressing at an absolute rate of knots. She takes a little minute to wind up, but she has got some finishing effort on her. She went to France last time and she she pulled it out of the bag and ended up winning a shade cosily, but it was a steadily run race. She was pretty keen throughout, and uh, but she got on top of the line um, and she is just, just taking steps forward. A second start, she chased down Roman Mist and Zelly at Goodwood. And like, on their day, those horses are, are pretty smart. And, and given that it was her second start, chasing home older horses and deep ground, I thought she did remarkably well. I've been with her the last twice. I'm going to stick with her again. I think she can go uh, and get a well-deserved group too. And just to say that Henry Candy doesn't send horses over here quite lightly. I think he sent 10 to, 10 to Ireland. I think he's one with four, including two at the Curra. So wow. um, Colin Keane on board. Uh, I think Araminta will win the 225. All right, if so Airwave and Kalachi weren't two of those, I'd be very disappointed. Mm. Oh, Albashir and Araminta for Daryl. Very much Brits abroad over in Ireland. Um, <laughs> Daniel, over to you, please, yes, for time my, to redeem yourself. Come on. My Aidan O'Brien, AOB, any other business, is um, in the same race as Daryl, and I totally, totally fear Albashir because I think he just might oh. take off now. But I think a stiffer six at the Curra will be right up Freshy Street, given all oh. his form at Ascot. He wasn't that far behind them. Granted, on time for early position figures, i.e. where the horses raced and were positioned, there hasn't been one that's been held up sort of three, four, five on EPFs since 2016, when, interestingly, it was a one-two for Britain, then a barren horse um, won that race. You, you normally want to be handy, but... I mean, he's got so much form in these sort of races. In theory, the track should suit him well. So if I could get eight to one each way fresh, maybe ten, to, um, nine to one, let's split the difference. If you get nine oh. to one each way fresh, that would be my nap as well, please. Oh, brilliant. Okay, wipe that out of the ballpark already then. So, Kev, then final word to you in terms of any other business. If the boys are right, then the UK representatives are going to have a good day on Sunday at the Curra. Do you have anything else to add into the mix? 
Yeah, well, you know my thoughts on on British trained uh, sprint we handicappers. We do, we do. So yeah, if we if we can get the Betfair Sports Book to cook up a price for a, a British trained winner of the Bowl Lad, um, like it won't be a big price, but uh, yeah, you might be all right. And uh, nice combination forecast and tricast and all that jobby. Um, I suspect they've they've got some really good candidates over. Um, and I think they'll prove very difficult to beat. And uh, I'd give you one to round off the whole weekend, Vanessa, what should be Go a fabulous then. weekend for Irish racing um, and, a, and a wonderful showcase of all we do well. Um, just an hour in the last, in the Northfields. Um, we haven't seen him since Royal Ascot. Um, disappointing that day. Um, but I think this is a well-handicapped horse. Um, back to 86 now, having run off 90 in the uh, in the Britannia Ooh. and um I think 10 furlongs will suit well draw is favorable and um, this horse is definitely better than we've seen so far and I'm hoping he shows us on Sunday all right there we go then so just naps then please and we've already got Dan's with fresh early on in the card so Kev as you're there in front of me right now give me your nap please is it yeah Boutamon? It'll be time for a booty call with the bootylicious booty mont. <laughs> Fill your boots, booty mont. Wow, head and heart and pocket as well. Love it. Uh, that is commitment. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You say what you like about Kevin Blade, but there's a commitment to the cause like yeah. no other with this man. Yes, com- um, com- 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 commitment is the word here. This is as committed as I've ever been to anything. So <laughs> see how it goes. <laughs> I was going to say, I really lack a bit of commitment in my life to certain areas. Have commitment issues. I could learn a thing or two about Kevin Bla- from Kevin Blake. But Daryl, yeah, there, there, there's there's the wife and there's Boudamont, Dan, and they're 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 neck they're neck and neck at the men at I'm third. <laughs> the queen that is D upside Boutamar. I can't be having that. Uh, right, last word to you, Daryl. What's your nap, please? Of all the horses you've mentioned, you're keen on. You can't go City of Troy, can you? Nah, nah. Two twenty-five Araminta, progressive Araminta. Brilliant, brilliant. All right, well, look, boys, that about wraps up our show, our Brucey bonus episode. It's been fun as always. Don't forget the Brucey bonus sportsbook offer Friday, Saturday, Sunday this weekend, a completely free bet on racing multiples, but you must opt in. You must do it responsibly. You must gamble responsibly all weekend, but it's an absolute cracker. The sun is shining. Group one action everywhere. Great horses running. Just enjoy it. Get stuck in and we'll be talking about it all on Monday with Wade in. So stay tuned for that. But for now, have a good one.